The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. And uh, welcome in to a oh, very special Mark and Linda podcast. Uh, it's special because we're doing it on Thursday. <laughs> and Walker's barking at the pool lady. Damn special it. show doing this on Thursday, not Friday, when we normally do it. Uh, we're doing it on Thursday, and the reason why is because of the Lenny. Don't know exactly what she's doing to, you know, cause us to do a show on Thursday. Not sure who the fuck told her uh, that she can Shut choose. up! Start the show! Welcome in. <laughs> ah, welcome in to the Market London Podcast. Good to have Skeeter. How are we doing? We're doing okay. Uh, comments from Skeeter on this day in history. What year is it? Hmm. Got three. The question is posed, what did Will Smith think of Chris Rock's special? We've got some Oscar predictions. It's uh, this Sunday. Oscars are going to be handed out. What do you think? Cool stories and music. Today, we look at a man named Jim Pederick, and I've got the feeling I've done it before. Are you ready for a mashup? What are the germiest places in your hotel room? Just ask Linda. <laughs> Mullets are a national treasure. And the rest of those I've already promoted, so I won't do it again. Now, the uh, Oscars are uh, Sunday. And uh, what time is that for us? Eight, nine? I think it's 8.30. All right. It's late. Yeah. Uh, that is the, the one of the cool things about doing it in California. You know, the, it doesn't matter what it is. It's over by nine in California, which is great. Mm -hmm. When we're on the East Coast, you know, Super Bowl shit. We were watching the Super Bowl at midnight. Um, but the Oscars are uh, this coming Sunday. And uh, there's quite a bit going on with that. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, discrepancy as to uh, best actor. We'll get into that. We do have some Oscar predictions. And it doesn't, you know, you can get on the internet and predictions are what they are. And it doesn't matter which one you look at. They're all different. Everybody's picking something different. So there's no one particular thing that gives you a good guide as to who's going to win the deal. Uh, but that's kind of fun. Now, um, and apologize about Walker. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. He's over here laying in his bed with his chew and uh, making funny noises. There's, a, there's a, a strange person in his yard. He's not even paying attention to her anymore. Uh, well, he knows she's there. I'll, I'll tell you, Walker, uh, obviously a, a, you know, a 16, 17 pound golden doodle. Fairly quick, this dog, fairly quick. And the thing I'm entertained by is that, you know, we live on the lake, so we have a lot of life. Okay. Walker, you got to cut that out. <laughs> He's just having a grand time over there. Um, so 
Walker, you know, like any dog, he protects his yard. And so when there's birds, and there always are, he goes after them. So, and we never worry about it because the birds always win. So, and the same with squirrels. Squirrels are, you know, they're creepy, but they're fast. So we don't ever worry about it. Creepy, but fast. Well, they do. They're creepy. They stare. And, and it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, plus, they're rats with long tails. I don't care for <laughs> them. Um, so one day, I'm sitting out back, and Walker, and Linda saw it too. Walker, out of the, the peripheral vision of my left eye, I see Walker streaking across the backyard. And I mean tearing out. I've never seen him run so fast. And I then see why he's running. There is a squirrel inches in front of Walker running for its life. And that's the only time that I've ever thought, uh oh, Walker's going to catch that fucking squirrel, and then what are we going to do? <laughs> Luckily, and I mean, you know, Walker, for whatever reason, was extra fired up and extra fast. He about had it. And luckily, the squirrel found an out, took it. Because Walker's fast straight ahead. He's not as quick left and right. The squirrel is. <laughs> and it reminds me one day, this is years and years and years ago. We were living in California. I was doing the Mark and Brian program. I was driving home from the show. And I get a call from Linda. And she's frantic. She said, Mark. Now, this is when we had three labs, Elvis, Jojo, and Red. She's frantic. She said, Mark, a bird flew into our window, knocked itself out, and Jojo ate it. The whole bird, still mm. alive, she ate it. Dogs. What do I do? And I said, well, don't let her in. <laughs> because that bird is coming back up. By the time I got by the time I got home, uh, it had come up and I went over to the what used to be the bird. And all you could th there was just a mess there on the concrete. The only thing you could make out was the beak and there was one claw that was like in the mess. Mm, mm, and I was mm. having to fight all three dogs from eating it again. Mm. And we love them. They lick their butts. And eat birds. And they eat shit. And we love them. Fine. Um, there is a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't want to say controversy, because I haven't seen it anywhere else. So I'm being upfront with you. I haven't seen this anywhere else. I get a text from Amy and she says watch this immediately so she had sent me a video so I look at it and it's a girl she's at Graceland and she's taking the tour and she's standing in front of everybody listen now because this could be fun she's looking at the glass enclosure of the 68 comeback special and those of you that have seen it Elvis's 68 comeback special, you know that at the very end of the special, Elvis sings an incredible rendition of If I Could Dream. Um, he, in that moment, is wearing a white suit 
with a red tie type of thing. It's iconic, and it's at Graceland, and she's in front of that. And she's videotaping this, and she goes, I'm standing in front of the enclosure where the white suit is supposed to be, and it's not there. I wonder why. Now, the conjecture is, and again, just rumor and innuendo, the conjecture is that Austin Butler is going to wear it at the Oscar ceremony. I say no. Now, look, it could be that they took it out and they're cleaning it, which they do. Uh, you know, all the suits that Elvis wore are there and they do that so that they don't look nasty. Um, and that could be simply what they were doing, but you would think they would put a sign. All I'm saying is, this girl posed the question. All she said was, and it's missing. And then she went, hmm. Amy's the one that thinks that maybe Austin's going to wear it. And I said, wait, Graceland would never allow that out. That's an iconic piece of clothing. And she said, well, Kim Kardashian wore Marilyn Monroe's dress. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I don't think that's going to happen. How great would that be, though? And then he's going to lose. I don't think he is. I think he's going to lose to Brendan Brendan Fraser. I don't think he is. This Brendan Fraser, I've not seen the movie. I mean, here it is—a guy that's nominated for a film that nobody's seen. It's available. I could I could buy it. They won't rent it. You have to buy it. Right. The movie, The Whale. Yeah. And I've heard that Brendan is great in it, but that the movie itself is not all that good. Mm. That's what I've heard from the two people that have seen the movie. So I just don't think so. I think it's Austin. Uh, we'll go through it, but I'm just saying, if you see Austin Butler and he's wearing white, take a closer look. Because <laughs> I, 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 like, I like my chances. I mean, because this. then you have to worry about him messing it up and it's got... Elvis's DNA in it and I hear you it's just but look I said to Linda when we were discussing this I said to Linda if Graceland were ever going to take that suit and let somebody wear it there is only one person I can think of who they would allow that to happen and that's Austin Butler I mean he's close with with uh, Priscilla and she runs the show. And I don't think he's the one that made the call. I think maybe Priscilla did. I'm going too far with this. Oh, yeah. I'm way time. pumped. Wow. I'm way, way pumped about it. Uh, but but I like our chances. So that's something fun to look forward to if you're going to watch the Oscars. And, and again, we do have um, some predictions as to who's going to win, what's going to win, and we'll see. And as I said, it just kind of doesn't matter which website you go to. They're all different. So I picked one that had the answers I was looking for. Um, Chris Rock. Linda and I watched this special, uh, this Netflix comedy special where Chris was going to um, deal with, make comments in his comedy special about the Will Smith slapping. Well, let me say this. We have never watched Chris Rock. I never have. Do his comedy routine. Now, obviously... I know who Chris Rock is. I've seen him. 
Uh, he he's acted in some things that I've seen, and you know, for me, it was whatever. And I've I've heard that you know he made his his living as a stand-up. He's one of the most revered stand-ups working. So there's this big special, this giant special he's going to talk about. So we sit down to watch it, and again, it's my first time. Now, before I get into this, let me let me recite again, as I've said many times, and I put it in the book. Steve Harvey, I asked him the question where did you get your comedic style? And he said to me, there are two kinds of comedians. There are comedians that say funny things and there are comedians that say things in a funny way. I do both, Steve said. So we're watching it. And again, it's our first time to see Chris Rock do his standup. Um, on the first note from Steve Harvey, a comedian who says funny things, I give Chris Rock a solid eight. His jokes were very good. Oh, yeah. Some of them were really good. Yeah, really, really good. <laughs> uh, on the scale of say things in a funny way, I give Chris Rock a negative zero. <laughs> this guy, and look, it's just me. He's obviously, I must be too old. Look. No, it was me too. Well, I don't watch a lot of stand-up, but the stuff that I do watch are comedians that take you on a ride the greatest ever in history is Richard Pryor. You felt like you'd watched a movie after you'd watched this guy. Mark Marin, that Linda and I saw just recently, it was incredible. He took us on a ride. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. The, 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 these are the, so I'm watching Chris Rock. The moment he came out, he started pacing back and forth and it never stopped. He paced back and forth in a theatrical kind of way. So that put me off. Why doesn't he stand still? So, but, but, but he did for the whole hour and a half. He paced back and forth. This man has a microphone in his hand and he yelled. He was screaming. All <laughs> night long. He was screaming those jokes. <laughs> he yelled, I mean, so here I am listening to funny jokes, but I was off-put, completely off-put by his delivery. I couldn't laugh. I don't think I giggled more than two or three times. And he also kept repeating himself over and over. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You oh, know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, and I'll give you, an, but he would say, I'm going to talk about my father. I'm going to talk about my father. <laughs> I think I'm gonna talk about my father. Now, a lot of times, a comedian in this kind of situation, they have a prompter, especially if they're doing some new material, they have a prompter that says, let's just say the prompter says dad jokes. So Chris Rock could have been in that moment where he was repeating himself, he was trying to remember what the bits were. And, and then finally he latched on and oh, did it. Oh, no, he did that way too many times. He then. did it a ton. He did it all night long. I hated it. Well, the, we turned it off, and we were like, we're not going to go back to it. But we did. We went back to it the next night because we wanted to see him talk about Will Smith. And I have to say, uh, his stuff about Will Smith was very biting. Even though he was pacing and screaming it at us. He was doing that. But it was very biting. And, and I'll be honest with you, Linda, I'm not sure if you picked up on this as well, but Chris Rock was genuinely pissed off yeah. as he was saying those words. Yeah. It was, it was an attack. And 
I have a story, we may or may not read it, uh, about Will Smith's reaction. The problem with the story is that none of it comes from Will Smith. Of course. It comes from- A source. Insiders. Mm -hmm. They say, well, we'll read it and and see. But yeah, look, I love good stand-up. I don't watch a ton because- more than three-fourths of the time, the comic is not very good. And they got that laugh track. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah. But when there's a good one, I love it. When you watch a master do it, it's it's just the best. Chris Rock, for me, was not that. I hated it. Yeah. But it was worth it to get to the Will Smith stuff. And by the way, it wasn't long. It was maybe five minutes of the Will Smith stuff and then it was over Yeah, and he dropped the mic. Um, but, you know, say what you want. All right, tomorrow. You have a dentist appointment. I have to get my teeth cleaned. Now, don't get me wrong. I do it at least once a year. I hate it. Uh, I, I need it. I love it when it's over because, you know, you have to get that crap out. And, and that feels good to get that out. You know, you run your tongue around and it feels so good. Uh, but when you're in there doing it, this they, they scrape and pull and it hurts. I'm the only one I think who says this. No, you're not. I mean, I don't mind it. I mentioned it to Amy and Katie. They said, oh, what do you, why, what do you, it's great. Yeah. It ain't great for me. I think that I just may have nasty mouth. Well, I mean, you've had so much so many problems with your mouth i have bad teeth i feel like that's part of it when you walk in i floss every day i brush twice a day and i've had and i'm not kidding 400 root canals (laughs) it's true it is true every time i turned around i was getting a root canal (laughs) so that's just my teeth some of us have great ones like i dated a girl once who said to me in passing she said, we were talking about teeth. And she said, I've never had a, a cavity. Good for her. And I said, bullshit. <laughs> she goes, I have it. I said, open your mouth. <laughs> she did. Not one filling anywhere in there. Some people have great teeth. Some don't. Yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about um, next week. Next week is a little bit hectic for us. On Monday, we're going tankless. Oh, tankless water. Sure are. And also on Monday, they're coming to measure the template for the new countertops that are coming in. Yeah, they basically they basically put paper down on the the area where they're going to cut the countertop that will go there. And so this template is a blueprint for exactly what they're going to do. And Wednesday, the man is coming. The demolition man is coming to take the countertop off because it was put on with cement. The tile was put on with cement. That's going to be nasty. So that's going on. And I told Mark, it's just going to be amazing if all of this happens because there's so many hands in the fire. And right before the show, Mark told me, I just got a text from the electrician. The electrician's supposed to come on Monday because we have these under-counter power plugs that have to be taken out. He calls and says, I've had COVID for two weeks. <laughs> I can put a mask on and still come. That ain't happening. Well, I knew when I told you. Yeah. 
Now, if he were just coming to work outside, that'd be fine. All right, look. But he's going to be in our house, and I feel I, like I feel like we would just be asking for trouble. I, I knew where it was going before I told you. I, I don't have a problem. I'll find. I'll hey, you know what? I'll get a crowbar and get them fucking well, things out. I think out. that may be what you have to do. That's but what's going to happen. We're going to have to find somebody before Wednesday. I'm going to tell you this. You're concerned about the the countertops and, and all the different moving parts. Let me tell you something. I watched that documentary on the Saturn V. It took a decade to build that Saturn V rocket that took us to the moon. And these these people, there were over 50,000 people who worked on that, and they had to build a rocket with technology that didn't exist. Let me tell you something. If they can build that rocket, we can successfully have the countertops <laughs> in our kitchen replaced. I'm just telling you, there's nothing to worry about. Listen, I got this. Mm, now, hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> Wrong hat. I take a seven and a half. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. And now we got comments. Here is Skeeter. Christina says, a show you should watch is on Netflix, and it's called What is Pop? It has several episodes, but watching... Uh, the second episode on Auto-Tune wanted your opinion on that being a DJ. We've watched all of the What Is Pop, remember? Um, and T-Pain, the one on Auto-Tune, was my favorite. T-Pain can fucking sing. T-Pain, T-Pain. Oh, sure. Oh, the uh, right, yeah, right. We did. We watched the one about the uh, Swedish uh, producers and all that. Right. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I did too. We, for some reason, abandoned it. We may go back no, to no, it. No, no, we finished them all. Oh, we did? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm surprised you even remember it at all. Calm your fucking ass down. <laughs> Alex from Oxnard says, glad you guys are making more shows. Found Mother Ghost on YouTube. Great cast. It was a good cast. <laughs> it was an incredible cast. I called every actor I know and said, you want to be in it? Yeah. And uh, most of them were nice and did it. Yeah, they were. Um, guy from Simi Valley says, I just finished your book. It is a beautiful story. Like all books, though, it sadly had to end. Now this book will go on a shelf to collect dust with the others. Don't let that happen to you. Listen to what my dad told me when he unretired. He said, son, you can't fish forever. Uh, you know, it's, it's great words. Uh, you know, when you stop doing what you've done, um, sometimes, you know, people kind of sit down on the couch, watch TV, and fade away. No, Mark thinks he's a handyman now. I am very busy in my world of doing nothing. Um, I've got things I'm working on that, you know, may or may not come to fruition, but I'm working on them. Listen, I will be doing stuff until it's the end. In other words, he'll be making me crazy. Well, that's part of my job. Yeah. It's what I do. Yeah. Here on this very special Mark and Linda. Um, Rick says, excellent end to the 3-3 show. I loved the newsroom. You probably will catch some flack, but not from this longtime MMB listener. We definitely need more informed citizens. Remember you played that thing at the end? Oh, I remember very carefully. I remember specifically what I did. Oh. Uh, I made a statement and I didn't say a word. Mm. Rick says, Linda... Mark had a, <laughs> this is something that, Rick, you asked for this. If you were going to come and comment, I'm going to read your comment. So you asked 
for this fucking shit. Linda, Mark had another issue with calendars. He got the year right, not the month or date, though. Elizabeth Taylor was born February 27th, 1932, not March 3rd, 1932. What's this gentleman's name? Rick. Hey, Rick, listen, buddy. Uh, listen, who, who in the world would know that, first of all? Uh, I think you need to question yourself. What's happening in your life that you know the exact date of that and and that you went to your computer to write me a note to remind me that I got it wrong. Let me tell you something. I use a, a service that gives me that information. I don't even know what year she was born, nor do I care. You apparently do. Um, as far as getting the date wrong, who gives a shit but you? You, you need to know that. You need somebody in your life who can tell you nobody fucking cares. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. But no, you wrote your note and, and Elizabeth Taylor was born on whatever. In February instead of March. Good, fine. <laughs> but look, I, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. When I'm on this show, this podcast, I don't make mistakes. <laughs> I don't make them. If I say it, even if it's wrong, because I said it, it is now correct. So leave me alone. Don't ever call here again. Don't ever write us. Stop listening. <laughs> What's his name? Rick. Rick, fuck off. <laughs> Good Lord. Rick, do you get laid in your life? I mean, is a woman attracted to a guy who knows the exact date that Elizabeth Taylor was born? Dude. I, I think it's all over for you. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your life. You got about a week. <laughs> Robert from Cleveland says, Hi, Mark and Linda. I just wanted to say how screwed up I am that I hear my cat drinking from a faucet and think, I got to record this and send it to Mark. No, no, no. Glad I could add some content to the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I obviously had to poke fun. It, it, it was a gift you send me your cat drinking from the faucet and you can't even hear it. And I had to have fun with it. But let me tell you something. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I so appreciated the fact that you would watch your cat drink from the faucet and you would think of me. Mm -hmm. It really was endearing and I really appreciate it. And you're right. You did give me fodder. Thank you so much for doing it. It was stupid. I don't even know why you would think for a moment that I would want that. But you did. And I used it. You did. You gave me content. Seriously, all kidding aside, means a lot. I appreciate you doing that. Arnold says, hello, Mark, Linda, and Walker. This is Arnold from Riverside. Hi, Arnold. You need to watch the movie, We Have a Ghost on Netflix. Mm. This movie is great for both of you to watch. I don't, see, I feel like it's not going to be scary enough for you, and it'd be too scary for me. Linda, I sit and watch horse shit because I know you want to see it. I guarantee you I can sit through Yes, that. but when I know that it's real horseshit, I always have us turn it off. But And then I'll finish it wait, you know, wait, upstairs. Wait, wait, wait. You have already brought this movie up, and now you have a comment about it. We have to try it. Okay. I'm, I'm all in. Well, I'm enjoying our golf. Fuck, man. Full swing. God, you know, it's I'm on, loving all of those stories. It's on Netflix. It's incredibly well done. Look, I don't play golf. I have. I'm not good. I don't play. I don't really enjoy it if and when I play. But these profession look, anybody who's great at anything, they have to live it. And these professional golfers, they're so much better than you can even fathom. And even though they work out 
and they work on their game 24-7. They go through periods where they couldn't hit a putt if they tried, and they don't know why. It is, we watch this thing, and I can't stay in my seat. It's that good. It's so well done. What's it called? Full swing. Full swing. Listen, if you enjoy competitive sport, if you enjoy golf, this is a must. It's really not just about golf. It's their stories. Oh, it, it's it's so it's so great. You know, you could look up documentary in the dictionary, and it'll say whatever that is. <laughs> Full swing. Full swing. So good. Well, um, we're we're on episode six, and I think there's eight of them. Mm. But I just uh, saw that they're going to make a second season of. Them. Well, it's because it's great. Yeah. Beth says Mark has done it again. Paul Young is not dead. He is in his 60s, alive and well, living in England. We Beth, dealt with Beth, this. Beth, there, there's two Paul Youngs. I got to tell you something. Uh, Paul Young was a great singer. However, he's not anymore because he's dead. I have spoken. Yeah, he died young. Uh, and then our last comment comes from Mike. Thanks a lot, you fucker. We both lost our fathers, and listening to that song is worse than watching Brian's song. He's talking about the Mike and Mechanic song. Oh, he didn't like it? Oh, no, he loved it. But it reminds me of his dad. Mark was not paying attention Mike, while I was reading that, so I'm sorry. I was looking for something. Yeah. And uh, that's, like I said, that's comments. All right, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But let me give you this. Here is Paul Young singing with Mike and the Mechanics. Mm-hmm. This will give you an idea of how truly good this guy is, was, because he's not living anymore. It must be hard being an angel When the devil in your heart won't set you free It must be hard being an angel when the world has let you down Imperfection all around Hey, look at me It must be hard It must be hard It must be So good. So good. Uh, I got to see Mike and the Mechanics one time. Mike Rutherford, please do it again. You got Paul Carrick, bring somebody else in. Fucking love you, man. Do it again. History. 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 That happened and we all let it happen. What were you doing? Back in 1975, it was on this date, David Bowie released the song Golden Years. His guitarist was Earl Slick, and he reminisces about that session. For some reason, I really remember that day. 
I remember I used my black Les Paul and I used my old 50 watt Marshall. We started that track at the beginning of the album, so I think that's why I remember it. He would just pick an idea out of the hat that he wanted, and that would be that. He would just say, I'd like this to be kind of a late 60s, funky Otis Redding this or that, and we would go from there, and that would be about all. He wasn't pushy and overbearing as far as direction and what we play. I am a Bowie fan uh, because that guy was a true 100% creative. Whether it was music, whether it was theater, whether it was just straightforward acting, he was amazing. And we were lucky to have him. We want to say happy birthday today, turning 67. Fuck, that's my age, Brian Cranston. I live at 308. Negra Arroyo Lane, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 87104. To all law enforcement entities, this is not an admission of guilt. I am speaking to my family now. There are going to be some things, things that you'll come to learn about me in the next few days. I just want you to know I only had you in my heart. 1981, this day, Walter Cronkite says goodbye. Old anchorman, you see, don't fade away. They just keep coming back for more. And that's the way it is. Friday, March 6th, 1981. I'll be away on assignment, and Dan Rather will be sitting in here for the next few years. Good night. This has been the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. This day, 1979, the Doobie Brothers released their album Minute by Minute. This was the single that did it all. Certified platinum, selling more than a million copies. He came from somewhere back in her long ago. The sound of the fool don't see trying hard to recreate what had yet to be created. Once in her life, she musters a smile. Keith is listening to this and he's going, I haven't heard that in forever. I got to go buy it. system gave up. Uh, it was on this day, 1970, this Beatles composition was certified gold. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. 
Take a sad song and make it better Remember to let her into your heart Then you can start to make it better uh, it was on this day back in 1973. I was a junior in high school. Where were you? Uh, the album Dark Side of the Moon was released. It's literally one of the greatest albums in history. Um, the song Us and Them. Former Pink Floyd guitarist David Gilmore tells the story behind that song. Us and Them was originally a piece that Rick wrote and we recorded for... Antonioni for the movies of Risky Point. This particular sequence in the film, we wanted to put us and them, which was just then a piano piece, basically. There's lots of slow motion beating up with nightsticks going on, and we thought that music worked fantastically. Antonio disagreed and didn't use it, so it sat around in the vaults for another three years till Roger wrote some words for it, and it became us and them. kind of dude has an original Pink Floyd composition for his film written and recorded for him and he doesn't use it do you think he's sitting around going what the fuck was I thinking he is All right, that's a, a little slow. So let's go from slow to slower. It was on this day, 1970. This song started a 10-week run at number one. Truly a great song. Not a big Simon and Garfunkel guy myself, but this is pretty great. Even better when Elvis does it. And I say to you, Honka. When you're weary, could you speak up? Feeling small. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It was on this day. <laughs> How good is it to be a Beatle? This day, 1964. The Beatles had I Want to Hold Your Hand and, and She Loves You. Uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand was number two. Number one was... She loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you, yeah, 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 yeah. think you've lost your love? Well, I saw her yesterday, yeah. It's you she's thinking of. And she told me what to say, yeah. It 
was on this day in 1933. Parker Brothers introduces this game. Monopoly's been bringing people together for almost 50 years. That's how long we've been wheeling and dealing together, building hotels together, and going to jail together. A very happy birthday, Rob Reiner celebrates 76. Let me tell you something, Mr. Bunker. No, let me tell you something, Mr. Stivic. You are a meathead. <laughs> And meathead, dead from the neck up. Meat. Oh, yeah, now I see what your idea of a free country is. You're free to say anything you want, but if, but if anyone disagrees with you, they're either thrown into jail or called a meathead, right? That's right, because this is American land that I love. It was on this day, 1978, the Eagles went to the studio and began recording I Can't Tell You Why. fuck's going on i mean my god what is happening it was on this day 1966 the beach boys recorded this Love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. And it was on this day, night. What is the only Beach Boy song that I like? That is a great song. It is a great song. Uh, it was on this day, 1964, Ford rolled this car off the assembly line. This is beauty, the unbridled beauty of Mustang, bred for total performance by Ford. Out of the starting gate, around the first turn, into the stretch, Mustang must be first. It's as lively as its namesake, chaffing at the bit to be off and running, eager to lead the field with total performance. All right. I do love Mustangs. Uh, and finally, it was on this day, 1976, Manfred Mann Earth Band released a song written by Bruce Springsteen. Here, the singer-guitarist Chris Thompson uh, talks about that particular hit. It was a nightmare, that song, really. I mean, it was an absolute nightmare. And then, finally, when it was out and I listened to Springsteen's, I think I might have heard it on the radio, we got the words wrong. And I said to Manfred, how come you didn't get the words right? He said, oh, gee, I thought I got them right. So Bruce Springsteen fans have hated me forever for getting the words wrong on that thing. But what can I say? I'm sorry, Bruce. I asked him if he liked the version, and he never answered me, so I guess that meant no. Another runner in the night, blinded by the light, up like a deuce, another All right. 
We have three offerings today. Okay. Last week you got one. I believe so. All right. Uh, I wish you the very best on this. Uh, and where did I put them? One moment. Stand by. I'll be with you in just one second. Good Lord. Here we go. I, uh, I, I was actually trying to be organized today, and I did, and I uh, fucked it up. Mm -mm -mm -mm. All right, here we go. You feel strong? Okay. Mm, we'll see. All right. Song. Said year. no idea who that is mike sherry would be horrified that's pearl jam oh okay right. uh movie uh-oh what what's the matter you spilled the salt dumb and dumber <laughs> for these guys every day is a no-brainer you know i could re-watch that you and i should Put that on one night when we can't think of anything else i watch it all the time it's always on tbs well where the fuck am i <laughs> I'd love to see it. All right. Headlines. The anti-Clinton tide was fueled largely by frustration with the economy and with the workings of the federal government. Bill Clinton was elected to fix both problems. Yesterday, his party paid the price for failing to deliver. Hmm. Very doable based on the movie. Uh, 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 actually, it's... Oh, the movie... No, to me, it's the Bill Clinton thing. So, mm. You're the one's going to answer it wrong, so you go any <laughs> no. way you want. So, I'll just, I'll say 1995. Final answer? Yeah. It is 1990. Four. It doesn't matter that you were close. You're 0 for 1. I know it. Song said year. And I would do <laughs> for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> no, I won't do Movie. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. But John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Oh, Jurassic Park. Headli you don't need headlines? Um, I don't think I do, but go ahead and give it to us. I, William Jefferson Clinton, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of one. President of the United States. That I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. It was the movie that helped me. 1993. Final answer? Yep. It is 1993. And I would do anything for love But I won't <laughs> so dramatic so fucking dramatic um hey I, mean, I got one all right well you're one for two you could go two for three you could be proud you could walk around this place with your chest out and your head up feeling strong feeling good yeah you're not gonna <laughs> but you could yeah if you get this okay you've got a shot not much of one shit well I, what do i know Song 
said year. Movie. It's time for Superman 3. You're going to go down in history as the man who killed Superman. This time, Richard Pryor has come to Metropolis. You're to fool me, mister. Superman 3. Headlines, and it won't help. Wittenberg, oh, it's a long ways. They won it. The Cardiac Kids, North Carolina State, has captured their second NCAA championship. Pat Benatar is another one of those hard ones because okay so I know it's going to be in the 80s so I'll just say 1980 1985 final answer yeah it is 1983 I wasn't going to get that. My first thought was 82 and then I thought, well maybe it was later so I said 85. So I would have gotten it wrong no matter yeah, what. Yeah, you went too later. Yeah. You should have yeah. gone a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would have had it. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't. Well, technically you're 1 for 3 makes you a loser. Yeah. All right. Same as last week. Um This Will Smith uh, story, keep in mind, as I'm, I'm going to share it, uh, nowhere in here does any of this come from Will Smith himself. These are friends, people, insiders, outsiders, what they say. Will Smith didn't watch Chris Rock's live network of special over the not. weekend. But he heard about it from friends, according to Entertainment Tonight. Mm-hmm. A source mm-hmm. says, and they quoted the source, they don't tell you who the source is, but the source is quoted. Yeah. Will is embarrassed and hurt by what Chris said about him and his family in his special. The insider also said that Will is, quote, upset that Netflix gave Chris this platform to express his views and that he thinks Chris insulting his wife Jada again is below the belt. Will, according to this source, call the special distasteful. Months after the slap, Smith apologized to Rock in a YouTube video. Now, according to the source, quote, Will would like for Chris to just let it go. Mm-hmm. I don't believe any of that. But, you know, Will got what was coming to him. I mean, when you go slap somebody on national TV, you're going to get it. Well, listen, honestly, dude, if this is true, and, and this, I, I, I would tend to think, but you, you, you're in no position to judge right. anybody for anything. And that's why he didn't. Okay. Well, I guess that'll do it. Chris Rock has, has done his thing, mm-hmm. and maybe now we can kind of move on. You mean on. screamed his thing? Yeah. I, I am so opinionated about this, I know. I, and I'm, a, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna get into it. What I am gonna get into is this. Hollywood Hotel. Good evening. Just a moment. I'll connect you.
this Sunday. Oscars will be happening right there. Oh, in, shit. I need to print us out a thingy. You sure do. Okay. You're behind your game. I am. Well, I've been trying to, you know. Get ready for the template. Co- coordinate all the shit that's about to happen. Um, it's going to be happening right there in Hollywood. And, uh, and so now I give you, and of course, obviously... Austin Butler's going to be wearing Elvis' 68 comeback special jacket. There's no question about it. He will wear that. He will wear that. Oh, my goodness. All right, here we go. Um, Now, keep in mind, if you look this up on the internet, you're going to find a hundred of them. Yep. And they're all different. Mm -hmm. These are people that give their opinion and they print it. So, according to this, in fact, I should, let me start at the at the bottom i'll give you the ones uh okay let's start at the bottom best costume design the winner will be katherine martin for elvis i have to tell you her work was spectacular i saw a short interview with her yeah for the 68 comeback footage which was two minutes on screen she had to make seven different versions of the black leather outfit depending on where the camera was going to shoot it was seven yeah she had so she deserves to win she will win that's my prediction uh best visual effects the winner avatar way of the water okay didn't see it best makeup and hair the whale Mm -hmm. no one knows that because nobody's seen it Best production design. This is, I think, that Brad Pitt film, Babylon. I have no idea. Yeah, nor do I. Um, best. Wait, best production. <laughs> Where's the answer? Oh, here we go. Uh, best screenplay. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Best Adapted Screenplay. All Quiet on the Western Front. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. All Quiet on the Western Front will win more Oscars than any other film this year. Have you seen it? I saw part of it. It is a... It's a remake of a 1930s movie where... Basically, the movie is making a statement. It shows the enthusiasm that the young men that are signing up to go fight for their country. And then the movie shows and depicts the true horror of what actual war is. Mm. It's hard to watch. It is really, really hard to watch. I think it's important. I really, as a film, I think it's very important. But I'm warning you. It's hard to watch. Mm. It's heartbreaking. But All Quiet, I do think All Quiet will be the movie of the night with Mm. the most trophies. Um, Best sound, Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) I got to tell you, if Top Gun Maverick took Best Picture, I would clap, cheer, scream, because it was fucking great. I loved it. Uh, best original score. Uh, All quiet on the Western Front. Best original song. I don't know. The winner is Natu Natu from RRR. I don't know what that is. Me either. 
Um, best film editing. Top Gun, Maverick. Which, I mean, that footage, when they were, I don't want to give anything away, in case you hadn't seen it. All you people fucking bitch about it. <laughs> um, best animated feature. You and I have not seen this. We need to. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I don't know. I'm kind of scarred from that other Pinocchio we tried to watch. Yeah, no, this is not that. I could sit through this. Okay. That thing, that other one with Tom Hanks. Oh, my God. Well, you know, Pinocchio is not one of my favorite stories, so. Best documentary. Why? Are you afraid of wood? (laughs) Best documentary. I don't know this one. Fire of Love. Me either. Um, Best international film. All Quiet on the Western Front. Hmm. Best Cinematography. Elvis. All Quiet on the Western Front. Best Director. Mm. Daniel Scheinert. Oh. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I thought you were going to say what's his name. Who? With that uh, movie that we watched, that slow-ass movie. Uh, You know, uh, Steven Spielberg. Oh, no. Well, according to this. And again, you you can find any, any list that would not dictate this. Best Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Good. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Ki Hu Kwan, Everything, Everywhere, yeah. All at Once. Yeah. Is he the lead guy? Yeah. He was fine. Yeah. He's been on everything, and he's won everything. And he, he just seems to be a good guy. He's the kid from the Stevens, the, yes. the Raiders? Yes. Um, best Actress. Hmm. Kate Blanchett for Tar. Because everybody's yelling about the everything all at once, right, lady. Right, And they're saying, I haven't seen Tar. I've never heard of it. Nor have I. Kate Blanchett is, is in it, though. Best Actor. Austin Butler for Elvis. As I told you. Did you scratch whoever they put down and wrote down? No, this I kept looking for ones that had the answers I wanted. Oh you did? No. Oh. (laughs) I picked the one that because a lot of them on these websites, they make you click up because it's all about ads. They want you to see ads. Right. So you click. Because that's how they make their money. Well, fuck them. I just wanted a thing that gives me the list. Right. And this one did that. So and it just happens that Austin Butler is going to wear the Elvis <laughs> suit when he wins the Academy Award. I, sh- I hope he does win. I mean, he was really great in that movie. I mean, that was a great movie. I tried to get you to watch it again. You won't do it, so I'm going to watch it myself. I don't need to watch it over and over like you do. Oh, what do you mean over and over? I've seen it twice. <laughs> That's not over and over for the record. All right. Best Picture. All Quiet on Mm. the Western Front. I don't think so. What do you think? I think it'd be everything everywhere. Yeah. Well, I told you guys, I tried. I really did. And I appreciated what they were doing. I didn't want to finish it, but I appreciated it. Hey, that's like that movie that you watched a couple of years ago and you didn't watch the ending. You, you, you're like, I'm, I'm done with this. This is not making sense to me. 
and then it won every award out there. What was what was it? Oh, come on. I don't remember the name of it. Nor do I. Yeah. Look, the I, I, if I had my druthers, Elvis would win Best Picture. It is nominated. Yeah. It's not going to win. I would be happy if Top Gun won. It deserves it. It's a great film. But the Academy doesn't usually go with... Blockbusters? Correct. Yeah. They go, look, based on what the Academy has been, which they honor movies that tell a story, that make a difference, then All Quiet on the Western Front is that film. Now, I don't know that it will win because it is going to win Best Foreign. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be their Academy Award. Mm. And I do think what you said is true. Everything. And I, 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 all right, here we go. This would be a category of what do you think? Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend is suing the golf legend for $30 million, claiming that he deceitfully threw her out of their home. This is from TMZ. According to court documents obtained, Tiger had been living together with Hobie Sound. No, had been living together in his Hobie Sound, Florida home for six years before he and this girl split last fall. Erica is her name, says she performed valuable services mm-hmm. for the athlete in exchange for living there rent free. She adds that they had an oral tenancy agreement that was supposed to last five more years. According to TMZ, Erica claims Tiger's people convinced her to pack a suitcase last fall for a short vacation without Tiger and they drove her to the airport. (laughs) Good riddance, bitch. Once (laughs) (laughs) Once they arrived at the airport, she was told she had been locked out of the house and could not go back. Erica claims they confiscated more than $40,000 in cash that she had at the house mm-hmm. that they accuse her of illicitly obtaining. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's all I could say. This is a made-for-TV movie here. Tiger is always in some shit, isn't he? It does seem. <laughs> but I don't know here. I, I don't even know who she is. So let me, I'll get to that if I can. Are you in the mood for a mashup? Uh, Sure. All right, this is DJ Cumberbun. He's pretty well known, right? Yeah, he is. Okay. He has taken the Beatles and Beyonce. <gasps> okay. And mashed them. Okay. Here we go. Let's mash it up. Yes! Oh. So crazy right now. DJ Cumberbun. Thank you. 
does Beyonce get to sing? I think that's it for her. I, I, that was pretty good. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Look, mashups are an art form. Yeah. Absolute art form. I love that shit. Yeah. I love the fact that people think in that way. Mm-hmm. And then put it together. I dug the shit yeah. out of it. All right. I have a cool stories in music, so what do you say we just fucking get to it? My fear is that I've done this. That's my fear. My fear is that I won't remember if you did it or not. Perfect, because I certainly don't. (laughs) Uh, The reason I'm doing this, well, I won't even tell you. Uh, Today, we're going to focus on a gentleman named Jim Pederick. What? What is it? When I read it, I, I read it as Peter Dick. <laughs> well, it could be. Maybe that's what he goes by. Jim Pederick is one of those names. You don't maybe know the name, but you certainly know the result of his work. Let's meet Jim, shall we? Jim got his start writing singing and recording radio and television jingles so he was a talent he could write it he could sing it he could produce it and he was paying the bills so technically he's a musician of some form so in between uh, sessions of writing jingles which he was continuing to do a good friend of his tried to get Jim, Jim Pederick, or Pederdick, <laughs> uh, to meet with a guitarist named Frankie Sullivan. Jim didn't want to do it. He wanted to continue writing is because he was making a good living. Why bother? But he, he agreed to. He sat down with this guitarist, Frankie Sullivan, and he loved him. They chatted. They talked about where things may could go. And within an hour of chatting, the group Survivor was born. So Jim Pederick founded Survivor. Their biggest hit, well, actually, what I, I, I'll just do it this way. I'm going to do a, ma- not a mashup, I'm going to do a frenzy. Because Jim Pederick founded Survivor, but he wasn't the lead singer. He wrote all of the songs. Some of the songs he wrote, he didn't feel should go to Survivor, and he wound up writing those for 38 Special. So the best way to do this is just give you a quick little mashup of the songs written by Jim Pederick. one might have paid the bills. Mr. 
So at this point, Jim is just the founder and the writer. Well, remember, it's the writer who has the mansion on the hill years after the band is over. Jim is making bank. Vegas good, that a teacher to look so good and feel so right. Let me tell you about the girl I met last night. It's understood I had to reach her. starting to notice there's a certain tone with him. Then Jim started thinking, huh, let me try my hand at a ballad. How can I convince you what you see is real? Who am I to blame you for doubting what you feel? I was always you were just a girl I knew I took for granted The friend I have in you I was living for a dream Loving for a moment Taking on the world That was just my style With the success of Jim Petterick with Survivor and his writing, 38 Special reached out and said, uh, Yo, dude. What you're listening to are Jim Petterick compositions. He's not singing these. You 
told you is our bet you didn't know Jim actually got his start in high school Jim Pederick the guy that wrote all these songs that you've been hearing he and some high school buddies decided to form a band And they did. And they became a one-hit wonder. Jim, at this point, had never written a song. He didn't know how to do it. But he had this girlfriend that always wanted him to drive her places. No matter what. She had a car and she could drive, but she wanted him to do it. And based on that and the way that made him feel, Jim wrote a song. And they went into the studio and they recorded it. They are a one-hit wonder. This song raced to number one, and it is to this day the fastest-selling single in the history of Warner Brothers Records. A song written by Jim Petterick and sung by Jim Petterick. Here is the Ides of March. Because Jim Petterick's girlfriend made him feel like nothing more than her vehicle. Hey, well, I'm a friend, a stranger in the black sedan. I want you to hop inside my car. I got pictures, got candy, I'm a lover. Take you to the nearest star I'm your vehicle, baby I'll take you anywhere you want to go I'm your vehicle, woman By now I'm sure you know That I love you, that I need you I want you got to have you tried Great God in heaven, you know I love We were, uh, what brought this up? Is that him singing? Yes. Did he sing on this one? Yes. Oh, okay. Why, why is that funny to you? Because I said it really clear. I I'm said sorry, he... I zoned out. You talk too much. You know, if oh, uh, that's a shame. He's got a great voice. Oh, he does. He, I, I, I would have to think he could have. He probably didn't enjoy it. Maybe, maybe. 
but you know, if your kid or grandkid ever says, "Hey, we're going to form a band in high school," don't scoff. It could turn into this shit. So there you go. Jim Pederick. Now you know the rest of the story. Again. Uh, yeah, probably. I think so. Uh, a listener sent me an idea for cool stories. Can't wait to fucking do it. Didn't know it. Can't fucking wait. He sent it to me. This dude, I'll give, I'll give his name when I do it. Uh, this dude sent me not only the idea, all of the stuff that the, the guy has done, but he sent me a link to get it. That's like the perfect listener. Yeah. I don't know his name. I mean, I'll say it next week and then I'll forget it. But the point is, he did that and I appreciate it. Question. Do you work the night shift? Do you prefer it? Now, the reason I bring this up is because I worked every single shift that one can work in radio. I quite literally did all nights. I did mornings, I did midday, I did afternoon, I did early night, I did them all. I liked night uh, because there's nobody there. You can do anything. I could have done the show naked. Smoking your joints. I did that out in the car before I came in. Right. But I, I liked nights and a lot of people do prefer night work. And the question was why? And these are pretty strong. And feel free to add some. Have you ever worked at night? No, you never have. Um, Not that you would know of. Now, see, that comment alludes to the fact that Linda's a whore. Now, I already know that. But my question is, is she a prostitute? Which, I mean, a whore is just a whore. But a prostitute gets paid for it. So my question to you is this. Did you ever get paid for it? No. <laughs> Do you wish you had? Yes. Um, why do people like night shift? It's quiet. You can make more money. I don't know that that's true. Yeah. I mean, these days with unions, if you work more than 40, you're supposed to get overtime or something. Yeah, I don't know that that's true. Um, now, this is key. You don't have to travel to and from work during rush hour. Because I would, I would get in traffic. I would go on the air at 7, so I'd get in traffic at 6. Uh, and then going home, nobody was on the road. Right. And as I said, you're alone. I liked that. Mm -hmm. could do what I wanted. Nobody's bothering you. Um, you get your day to yourself. I didn't actually love that but part. Aren't you sleeping most of the day? Well, when I did, uh, I did 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And by the time I did what I was going to do, I would go to bed at seven in the morning. Mm. And before I came, that was the job I had right before I came to Savannah. So I went from going to bed at 6 a.m. to being on the air at mm -hmm. 6 a.m. It almost killed me. Yeah, It was 
hard. Yeah. I never do get used to it either. Um, you save money. I don't know what that means. Okay. So, yeah, I like nights. Nights are good. When I go back to work at Target, stocking shelves, uh, I will probably take the night shift. Do they? I don't think they have those there now. Well, I, I will tell you, Linda has always loved Target. Here lately, though, they're looking a lot like Walmart. That's the thing. Whatever Walmart is doing, and Costco, it works. Where, you know, they don't bother to put it on the shelf. They just drive a truck in and lower the pad down that's got 5,000 cases of water. Right in the middle of the aisle. Right. Here it is. You want it? Take it. It works. And so Target is starting because the other day, um, Linda was checking out. We're at Target. Linda was checking out. And I look, and there's a pad of 1,000 cases of water. And I rested my elbow on them. And as Linda walked by, I said, welcome to Costco. Can I get some water for mm. you? Because that's what, it's, it's starting to happen. But the point was, Target doesn't wait to stock the shelves at night. Oh, no, they do it while you're there. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's changing and Linda's not happy. All right, see what you think. <clears throat> Under the heading of the show must go on. Now, really listen to this. Okay. Sometimes wedding ceremonies can take an unexpected turn, but no one could have anticipated this bizarre twist at the end of a recent wedding in India. The bride was about to exchange vows with the groom when she suddenly felt dizzy and fainted. She was taken to the hospital where she died. Oh, shit. Doctors say she suffered a heart attack. The groom was left at the altar, but not for long. The late bride's family informed the groom's family that the ceremony could go on as planned because their younger daughter oh, was ready to step in and marry the dude instead. According to a media television report, quote, even though the family was shocked by the death of their daughter, members of society convinced them to set an example and not send the bridegroom and his family away empty-handed. What is wrong with everybody? <laughs> What's happening? Mullets are a national treasure. I can say that because I sported one for years. I worked it like my job. Yeah, you did. I looked good in it. What? Sometimes. No, you did. According to a recent survey. I mean, it was the thing back then. You had the greatest mullet ever. Say it again. It was the thing back then. This, the next part. Yeah, the greatest mullet ever. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it pained her to do that. <laughs> hey, talk. How you doing, buddy? He has made this chew last the whole hour and a half. Uh, according to a recent survey, people with mullets have more fun than people who don't rock the mullet. That's because it's business in front and party in the back. That's exactly what it is. I fucking loved it. <laughs> it was too much work, though. It was a lot of work. I had time. No, I didn't. Didn't have much time at all. However, I was a radio star and I needed to look it. I don't know what the fuck you're laughing at. 
I will not be mocked. <laughs> Researchers found that those sporting mullets go out and party an, an average of five nights a month. I can promise you, I had a mullet, but I wouldn't do it no partying because I had to be in bed, you know. <laughs> that kind of gets in the way of the party slamming. Uh, an average of five nights a month while those who are mullet free only go out every now and then mullet enthusiasts are also more likely to prefer spicy food me are less likely to settle down to a game of monopoly i'll play monopoly but it's got to last days and they're likely to describe themselves as influential Mm -hmm. I'm influential. Mm -hmm. I can't say the word, but I am mm -hmm. influential. Uh, influential in their friend groups than those with the more traditional haircuts. I have always been defined by my hair. It's very important. Yeah, right. All right, let me read this Britney Spears story. Let's just leave Britney alone. Well, okay, let me just tell it. She she bought a house in Calabasas so she could be near her kids. She was just going to stay in it while she was visiting her kids. Then they moved in. She paid $11.8 for the house. She sold it because she can't see her kids anyway. Right. And she lost $2 million on the deal. Then don't sell it. Wait until the market is... A, listen to me talk. I've lost money on every house I ever had. <laughs> so don't listen to me. Um, look, I, I, I've said this and I still believe it. Um, look, I, I support Brittany. I do. But I think that there's an imbalance. This is just me. I think there's an imbalance there. And I, for one think that her father, and I'm not, uh, look, I don't know the whole story. I don't know. He's been accused of stealing and doing this and manipulating. I don't know. I tend to believe he was a father protecting his daughter. <clears throat> you mean imprisoning her? It's apparent that we differ. Yeah, definitely do. But my question is this. Do you think that maybe he was trying to protect her? No. He was trying to protect his money from her that he was getting from her and the rest of the family. You have to admit, I mean, look, Brittany was taken away on a 5150 when she was living alone. I don't want to have this discussion with you again. Well, I'm making a we point. Are, we are never going to agree on this. I need you to agree with me. I'm not going to. Agree right now. Nope. Say it. Nope. Linda. Nope. Come on. All right, real quick, and then we'll go. Because we have uh, birthdays. Did you get that email, somebody begging you for a birthday? No. All right. <clears throat> Did you get it and not give it to me? Well, it should have gone to you. I think I deleted it. Oh. Send it again. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, Linda's the master of this. That's why I printed this story. She's the master. Uh, you're on vacation. You're checking into a hotel. What are the things that you clean? Now, the reason I bring this up 
We go into a hotel. This doesn't matter where it is. Go into a hotel. I'm not allowed to put the suitcase down until Linda has cleaned the room. So this is the list of the items that you clean. You In a hotel room, you definitely clean because they say a hotel room can be the germiest yeah. place ever. Right. Give me a couple of the things that you clean right away when you get to the hotel. And the first thing I go for is the remote control. That's number one. Because that's the nastiest. The television remote. Whatever your fingers touch is what I clean. The light switches. Uh, that's number four. The handles on the sink. The handle on the toilet. That's number five. Um, All right, you, you nailed it. Yeah. The lamps. So I'll just... I'll the lamp it. switches. The television remote. The nightstand. Door handles. Yep. You said light switches. The toilet handle. Yep. How do they know that's nasty? I'm kidding. Oh, I'm about to say. <laughs> the phone. I don't know that we touch it much unless somebody calls us. Well, if you're going to order room service or whatever. So I always clean the phone. And the refrigerator handle. If there's a refrigerator, yes. Yes, anywhere your fingers touch. That's where you got to clean. Well, look, I'll tell you, uh, th there's a lot of ways that uh, my wife is insane, uh, and I ignore those things. Uh, but things like that hotel stuff, that's solid. Uh, you know, and I'm not a germ freak, still. Uh, but I think she's got a point on that, on that uh, cleaning the hotel deal. So if you don't do that, yeah, probably should. I've got quite a few, so we'll have to uh, pause the chicken today. On 3-8, Maverick Hill turned 32. That's a great name. Maverick Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, is that a dude or a girl? It's a dude. Uh, and it doesn't matter, though. Maverick would be great for either one. Maverick Hill. Dude, you should have been a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 3-9, which uh, is today, because, you know, this is our special Thursday show. Tom, the Wizard of Oz. The very special, Mark and Linda. Tom, the Wizard of Oz orchestra directors turning 65. Tom, what's up, bitch? <laughs> uh, 310, Teresa, Teresa B's turning 65. 312, Diane S is turning 66. 311, William Chastine's turning 55. William! James Truitt is turning 54. On 315, Spencer Hill, who is Maverick Hill's brother, they both have great names. Wow. Um, is turning 36. And also on the 15th, uh, Kristen C. from Corona is turning 55. So I should pause it then? Yes, there's way too many. Maverick, Tom, Teresa, Diane, William, James, Spencer, Kristen. Happy birthday, everybody. Yeah, I paused. I know. I may I need was, to re... I was 
with your income. I, I don't know. I may need to reboot this bitch. So, yeah, this cool stories. I I can't wait. This listener sent this to me, and I'll say his name, and then I'll forget it. But I can't wait to do it. I'm not sure. I mean, I've been doing a lot of them because they've been coming up, and I don't know why that is. But I can't wait. It's so fucking interesting. I love it. So I think I got to all the stories that I promoted. Uh, yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, you I did. Th- I did. Yeah. Because you've scarred me. If I promote it, I got to do it or I get bitched at. Yeah, I like it that way. I'm not sure I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, what must Walker think? With that bell going off. It doesn't phase him. He's used to it now, but he does know that that's the end of the show because he gets up. Everybody go. Have yourself a grand week. We will return to you next Friday. Uh, This is a special, very special Mark and Linda. (laughs) Y'all have a good week. Bye, y'all.
a minute. Look out. You gotta have the feeling. Sure your bone. One, two, three, four. Come together. Come together.